Hey guys, welcome to the FitSess Podcast. It is episode 32. We have Nat on with me and Deck. Hi. On Natalie. What do you oh, prefer? Nat. 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 I, on your programme on Truco, it says Natalie. I always struggle to find it because obviously everyone just calls her Nat. Yeah. You don't know. Quite often you'll say, come on, Natalie. I do, I do. Oh, because you know she doesn't like it. Yeah, and then it's like, we're off. No, guys, basically I asked Natalie to come on. Um, <laughs> uh, because a lot of people think when you train if you get injured it's because you do something wrong or it's because um, because you're always going to get injured it's genetics or something like that uh, but the truth of it is every time you train there's a risk of injury and every time you go and do any sort of sport or any part of life you could get injured and we're going to talk to Nat about some mindset skills that she's developed I think and the way she deals with injuries because when Nat came to me 14 months ago to start PT uh, she had a really really bad shoulder injury Uh, and recently uh, she's found out she has arthritis in her hip Mm -hmm. uh, which is affecting her back quite a lot but she still never misses a day of training she powers through it and all of my advice is always never to train with pain or never train with an injury Um, there's ways of training with injuries as long as you manage it properly and there's also ways of mitigating injuries so i.e you can recover from them but also ways that you can try and avoid injuries you know if you know like a certain part of you struggled with certain movements we can always kind of strengthen it so we do a lot of work with that and do you know what she never misses a rehab and if i tell her to do something whether it be mobility based or stability based she's always there and even to the point now where she's reading about it and educating herself so Nat, talk us through how your shoulder felt 14 months ago. Well, I wasn't really aware of it 14 months ago, if you remember. I just, we started it way back before then, actually, in the Barbell Academy. Yeah. And um, we realised that I couldn't get the barbell over my head properly. It was yeah. all lopsided because my um, left shoulder wasn't was restricting m- movement in it. Uh, we found then that it was obviously a bit of a frozen shoulder, so we had to go through a little bit of rehab with that with heat and cold therapies and trying to get some blood flowing through it so the brain had recognised that there's an injury there uh, to be healed. So that went on for quite some time. It did. Then, I mean, I remember when you, um, it was like what weightlifters would call helicopter, um, so they were helicoptering, and Nat didn't have full range of motion. She has fairly good mobility, though, don't you? So we yeah. were pretty surprised that uh, was it the left shoulder? Did you say it was the left shoulder? Yeah, um, that she was really struggling um, to hit full range of motion, really. Um, and then obviously it developed that she had a frozen shoulder. We didn't know when you started the barbell academy, did we? No, not at all. Um, and she carried on just training. She's probably lived with it for quite a while, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then obviously we tried a little bits and bats as she was coming in doing the Barbell Academy. But then uh, 40 months ago she started PTing. Um, and how is it feeling now, the shoulder? Fantastic. I've got a full range Good. of movement in it now. There's still, I don't think it goes as far back as my yeah. right, but almost there. Almost yeah, nice. and, and not as many niggles. We can use it more. Um, it hits pretty much full range of motion for what we need it for, yeah. whether that be strict press, bench press, whatever it is. You've got full range of motion. There's no day-to-day pain, is there anything no, like that? No, no. But we still do shoulder strengthening exercises. Um, You've gone through a plethora of shoulder exercises and uh, rehab work. Gan, have you ever had any injuries like that where you've had to do a lot of rehab? Uh, My knee. Knee. (laughs) So I've stretched uh, the ACL in my knee, so I had to do loads of that. But it was sort of one of those where I was just doing it as a part of actually just getting fitter yeah. and I'm not realising. I didn't yeah. actually realise the extent of the injury. Is know? that how you got into fitness then, did you say? Were you yeah. stretching your ACL and then recovering from it in the gym? 
Yeah, because I'd played football, stretched my ACL because I got tackled really badly. Yeah. And then initially they were like, if you were going to have to get surgery on it, we're obviously going to have to tear the ACL, reconstruct it. And if you're massively overweight like I was, mm. then you might as well lose weight before that. And then turns out I didn't need it doing. Sometimes it gives weight, but it hasn't done for years now. Yeah. But yeah, rehabbing it's probably been the best thing. But Good. And they obviously got you into the gym, so it's, you, oh, yeah. you live a much healthier lifestyle since then. It's given you a lot. Obviously, I think like that for you, uh, how did you get your shoulder injury? I have a good idea. Do you know what? I'm not too sure where it actually stemmed from. I think from probably being in the gym and training on my own and being with PTs that hadn't, and that sounds awful, that hadn't picked up on different things as I was training. Mm. Um, obviously, that was a frozen shoulder when I came to Barbell. I don't think what helped as I was carrying on doing training in the gym before I actually started PTing with you was doing like the, the strength series. Yeah. And no disrespect there, but I think the, the handstands and the way I used to come out of them weren't helping. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle to one stabilize shoulders and two use scapular retraction correctly um and natalie won't mind me saying but she has particularly or had particularly bad posture awesome. um, and one of the other things that i think caused the injury for nat specifically is overtraining and not knowing when to rest uh, and program adequately mm-hmm. um so like she was trying to get pull-ups as well as do handstands as well as press-ups and she was just hammering her shoulders every single session, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And there was no like thought of how to program that correctly. There was no thought on, Nat, have you learned how to use your scapula properly? Have you learned how to stabilize your shoulders correctly first? It was just straight in, like Nat is with everything. Let's just give it 100% and let's yeah. go hard. And like Nat is a very funny client in the fact that I'm always like, Nat, rest 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 and she's like next set next set next set and i'm like no 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 we need to rest and then sometimes she's like oh we got deload week but i think now she understands like the principles of why we're doing it effective recovery she knows how to recover as well i think she's getting better and better at that um a lot of people get injuries one of the most common ways that people get injuries that isn't talked about much is they're in a calorie deficit and obviously yeah. your body isn't going to recover the same when you're in a calorie deficit so you need to allow more recovery time and that probably you know, you're in fairly good shape. You've always trained all your life. Yeah. But you've probably been in and out of calorie deficits, never really adjusted your training before, have you? No, To no. it. And uh, now like, you're educating yourself a lot more. So what book are you reading at the moment? The Bat Mechanics book. And who's that by? Do you know? I can't remember, Steve. It's, it's by Dr. Stuart McGill. Stuart, I knew it began with S. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, it's fantastic. And even when uh, Nat hurt her shoulder, she didn't just shy away from it. She went and like made sure she found out exactly what it was, whether that be going at scans on it, going seeing a GP. Mm. And that's one thing I think a lot of people kind of don't do. They don't go to the GP. They don't go and get scans no. on it. For me, though, you see, it was holding me back. Yeah. And I can't be held back in my training. You know, <laughs> she can't. I, know, I know that I need to be in Untrained. the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably a downfall in the past is the fact that I, yeah. you know what I mean, when things are bad or tough, I come in the gym and I've overtrained. Yeah, and I think 100%. the one thing I have learned is to like only by you telling me what I've got to do is um, program what days to come in and I yeah. stick to that routine. 100%. And I don't miss it because. You know, if I could, I'd be in every day. Yeah, I know, I know she I, would. And I know I would. So, <laughs> you were at one point. Cause I yeah, yeah I was, she was. And she I got told off. <laughs> <laughs> and told to stay away. I, I think when I'd obviously come from another gym and I started training here like pretty much full time, I think you turned around to me and were like, notice how many times that's been in this week. Yeah. And I've been in three times, but I, don't, I think I'd come yeah. in a day when we were going out for food. Yeah, you were was still in. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny the other week. Um, she came in at like 9am, trained, and then 
one of the clients who were in that morning came back later on and now we're still here training but she had gone home <laughs> but it just looked like she trained for like nine hours or something it was proper funny she, yeah. why are you injured <laughs> uh, but no she we've incorporated a lot of injury prevention protocols obviously we've got taken age and hormones into effect uh, when we've programmed for that um, but <laughs> She had to do. She had to do a lot of rehab for the shoulder, and even now we still like make sure it's okay. We still try and do like inverted kettlebell press. Uh, we still try and do a lot of shoulder and scapular work, uh, whether that like you know, just the way we warm up, um, or if we try and incorporate it as accessories as well. Um, and obviously now she's got a little bit of a niggle in a hip, which is affecting her back, uh, and we're still managing to train. And obviously, like I said to Nat, see the positive side, we can increase that bench now, you know, we might be able to increase the volume, but we're actually still doing a lot of back exercises, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just it's just modifying them. Yeah, really. exactly, yeah, that's make it. modifications to them. So anyone who's listening who like say, oh no, I've got an injury, instead of just going, right, I'm not going to do anything, which is what a lot of GPs advise, just stay away from training. Instead, let's think, let's get some blood flow to it. Let's try and find a range of motion that doesn't hurt it. So that might be something as simple as a banded press if you've got a bad shoulder. Yeah. Um, with that, it might be something working on that core work. Mm. Um, and then, if you know, when we get to that pain um, zone or threshold, then you might go, right, let's take a step back. You know, that's too far for the body. Find them parameters of where it is so, where it's not so. And you know what you'll usually find is the technique that let you down. Um, so I know specifically the time you hurt your back, you come in with a sore hip, it was probably because you'd over-rested, yeah. you had over a week off, um, nothing we could do about that, came in for deadlifting as our programme, tried to continue, and we probably just overdid it a little bit, um, and, and these things can happen in training guys, it's no one's fault, sometimes you know you might not be as tight as you want it to be in that set, and you just let a little niggle happen, um, it's not the end of the world, and that treats it really, really well, she's like, right, Let's make sure that doesn't happen again. Let's keep coming in. So, like for instance, we're doing, still being able to do GHDs. We're still able to do pull-ups. We're yeah. still able to do kettlebell swings. But we're just, you know, we're keeping it light. We're trying to get blood flowing. Um, talk us through how you rehabbed your shoulder and what exercises you did. Can you remember? I do. Yeah, there was a lots. I did lots of uh, stabilizing work with the kettlebells. Good. But the my my pet hate. I hated them. Was angel wings. Yeah, I'm the boss. Angel what, wings what are. Is angel so wings? it's. Yeah, like flat back to you all your heels yeah. to the to the wall, everything's back and you, it's elbows to the wall. Oh yeah. And basically yeah. just tucking them down to your side, into your waist and then up above your head. My left never touched the wall for no. a long time. I couldn't even get it oh. back. The, the pain in that and and people think, Oh, what a simple exercise. Yeah. It isn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's and I not. can now say that it is touching the wall and it you know and I still do those. I still do those at home when I can yeah. as well because they I I find are the things that keep it and it makes me it sort of like checks in with me actually we're still doing all right it, it was it funny though because uh, who's the other client you see that do that does that exercise I'm not sure Paul is it, is it, oh, just, oh yes yeah. of course yeah we were so talking about Paul has cerebral yeah. palsy and he does that exercise cause, and he has probably better range of motion than Nat did at the time when she first came in because yeah, she was prop it was oh. getting it was developing worse and worse so she was ending up in with like a really severe case of kyphosis in one yeah. shoulder um, and obviously it was frozen, so it wouldn't go into full range of motion. It was sore if you lifted it laterally. Oh, yeah. If she was going above head, it was sore. It was starting to affect you, weren't it? I remember you saying, like, I think you were get, trying to get something out of the cupboard or on top of the cupboard 
or something. And she was saying like how sore it was. Uh, but obviously, she spent a long time rehabbing it. We used a lot of band work for stability. Um, she, like she said, she used, uh, we did, what was it called, that spider press? Spider press, yeah. yeah. I think the other thing, though, that was really good was um, I just used, you know, like the, the little hoop bands. Yeah, the small bands. And band. was doing like o'clock on the wall. Yeah. So you'd have that resistance, so you, you, you actually having to work the shoulder to move around, and it was really tough. But that's the key that I'm trying to get across is we can still work that shoulder, but we've just got to find the weaknesses and fix them yeah. and then also find out why it happened. So I think Nat now spends a lot more time, like she's just ordered a new chair at work for a lower lumbar. Yeah, yeah. So huh. she's making changes. I also like explained to her about her lifestyle and some things will be affecting it. And she's actually coming in going, oh yeah, Deck, I realised at work today I was like hunched over or I was doing this. And she actively tries and changes it where a lot of clients will turn around and go, oh, it's a lot of effort that day. Where I had like a movement specialist come and see me and it was really weird. He followed me all day and he's like, oh, that's the way you wash your face and wash your hands, you're hunched over. Or the way you sit in bed is the reason why your hips kind of shifting. Because when I was going to the chiropractor, Nat Nat uncrosses her legs. (laughs) (laughs) But when I was going to the chiropractor, uh, Joanna was always saying, oh, your right hip's high, your right hip's high. Think about what you're doing, think about what you're doing. And she actually referred me to the movement therapist. And he was like, right, we need to watch how you squat. And, you know, a lot of mine comes from how I drive and things like that. So I am going to get an automatic car. Um, And it's really funny, actually, one of my other clients, Janine, who had a really serious back injury, um, she got an automatic and it really helps her as well. Um, So just have a look at your everyday movements, what you're doing in life. It might be something outside the gym that is causing it. Um, Like for me, I I snap my um, Achilles just walking off a step, uh, off a curb. And that was it. That was all that happened. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that that necessarily did it. It was the the fact that I've been driving quite a lot from Preston to Manchester when I was, I was coming to uni up here but still working down there and it was just so tight my Achilles from playing football still training and obviously driving long distances driving is, and sitting down is the is thing that ruins your hips and I think you know just talking on that you know only since what November end of November wasn't I've changed my hours I was yeah. only doing 30 hours a week so 6 hours a day that's a really good point actually 6 hours a day and to now full time and I know it's only two, an extra 2 hours but 2 hours over it's, oh, it's yeah, ten, an yeah. extra 10 hours of just sat at your it's, desk when you, you know, yeah. and I think that's impacted it I also think impacted. stressed cortisol is a massive thing yeah, that causes yeah. it um, and I remember like when I every time I've had a bad back injury <laughs> now I'm crosses the legs <laughs> every time I've had a bad back injury it's usually when I'm stressed in my life and I just don't think you recover as well mm. and you know when that's that like I, I'm moving house on Thursday I know I'm going to take a little bit of time off training um, and I think that's important and you know you, it's going to be a stressful time I'm going to be moving loads of boxes and stuff like that so you know what's a week off training and it's it's when that started that job I was conscious of right I need to make sure we reduce that volume and I probably didn't reduce it enough because uh, you were finding it quite easy weren't you yeah and then yeah. it was funny how we get injured when we find it easy so like I said we probably didn't reduce it enough but our factor in our life of where we are sometimes you know you just need to take a step back from training it might not be a priority for a week but for Nat that's unthinkable she yeah, has yeah. to come in no, every yeah. single day I think you're very similar to LJ in the fact that when you're here you're not mum anymore you're not no, at work anymore no, I've mentioned that to Deck before now yeah. 
I've mentioned that today before now. As soon as I come through the door, Georgia, Nathan and Olivia can be in, uh, you know, and there's been plenty of times, especially before lockdown, when we've all been in. Yeah. Um, and as you come through the door, mum stops. Yeah, you know, yeah. And answer to them or whatever, but it's my time. Even when they're in, it's still my time. It's my yeah. time to focus on me. Yeah. Um, and I have to I switch off from what they're doing. 100%. And sometimes Deck will talk to me about them, and it's fine, but I talk to them about them as if they're not here. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It is really, it, it is a fantastic mindset. When Nat told me about that, I thought, I actually tried passing it on to other clients and was like that is a brilliant approach yeah, yeah. even like it might be something as simple as like when tom is pt and live it's not his girlfriend anymore you know it's a client who needs yeah. his help um and it can refer to anything that you do you know whether you i go to the restaurant and treat it, the restaurant as just the restaurant and not daniel is there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it works for anything i suppose like if you if gang came in he has to realize why he's there sometimes and georgia as well like, I've, yeah. I've had to mention it to georgia before about Gee, you're here to lift sometimes, not to have a chat, where yeah. you're really focused as well. Um, and I'd probably make the mistake sometimes of bringing Georgia over or Nathan or Liv and trying to have a chat about everything where Nat's trying to stay focused. So I think that mindset, like you said, like LJ has it, she's not mum anymore, because yeah. that is probably the biggest responsibility you have in your life and you yeah. can ever have in your life. Yeah. So I think like to try and leave that is really good. And obviously, I think for Nat, that helps clear your mind as well, doesn't it? And training something that you enjoy. That's and- why, yeah, that's why it's good to come in the gym because it clears your mind. It's my time and we were talking about it um recently about mindfulness um we were and, and being do some mindful moment, training and at do, yeah at oh, the moment right. yeah doing like going through a mindful training mindfulness training and maybe coming a champion in that right. we have to focus and and some people think it's very geeky no, you know I what I mean? It. Um, but it is actually just taking 10 minutes out and it only needs 10 minutes just to be very mindful yeah. of how your body's feeling, how, you know, um, and, and stop thinking about all the other worries. It's difficult. It is a practice. Yeah. Uh, hence the name, practice. You've got yeah, to practice 100% it. Yeah, 100% journaling for me is so important. I, yeah, I journal every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just on my notes. On my yeah. phone. I don't um, think people, enough people do it because yeah. like, I, so... When I was probably like 16, 17, I, like when my grandma passed away, I started doing a lot of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Then as I got older, started going out, seeing like friends and everything, I just couldn't be bothered doing it. Yeah. Where at 25, I've probably had like things recently where I probably should have done it. Yeah. Where, but I think it goes to the back, that's the thing. It's only 10 minutes. Just yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's but not hard. So many people say. So how do you, how do you do it then? That? What would you say? To, how would you start? I, well, I, I, I do it. 10 minutes a day. Uh, basically, it's, I just do a full body scan of myself. I'll just awesome. sit. I'll just sit calmly. I use the Calm app yep. as well. Calm app has superb mindfulness. Uh, explain on that a little bit. So it's a, so it's a guided. It'll you've just got a, a voice in the background guiding yep. you through uh, making you sit comfortably, focusing from your feet up. You know how's everything feeling? Is there any aches and pains? Are you sat? Right. You know the niggles, and it takes you from the bot from your, like your feet up to the head. And then back down again from it's the back to the front. Similar to guided meditation. It's a bit like guided meditation, but I also do guided. I also do mindful walking sometimes. Quite often, I'll put the, air, the ears in, you know, air yeah, pads yeah. are in, and I yeah. listen to music and I'm going. Sometimes I'll think, oh, I'll go and clear my head. But actually, for the ten minutes or fifteen minutes or an hour that I walk, you know, I'm thinking about all those things that are going through my head that I need yeah. to sort out. That's not clearing your head. No. That's actually jumbling it up. Yeah. Sometimes it's a case of just walking and and taking note of what's yeah. around you. Take take gratitude of the fact 100%. that you know i i live like like you do again yeah. quite close to the woods 
Take, take gratitude in the nature that's around. So I know that sounds geeky. No, no, but, but it's you know what, what works for you. What, yeah, and and just and just think about things like we were I'm laughing last night about you know looking at the clouds and just watching the movement of the clouds. But you know what? While you've done that, you've forgotten about all it's those stresses. So I think what yeah. I'm trying to get across is that mindfulness is different for everyone. So like for me, like I. I'll, my thing every day is I do ClickUp, which is like a management software, and I just make sure all our jobs are on there, my jobs are on there, I set my own goals personally, and then at night I like to use like a gratitude journal. And I remember I was going through a stage where I was trying to meditate every morning, but I wasn't really enjoying it, so I tried meditating at night. And then I actually so, so like seek someone's help who uh, does a lot of meditation, like, you know Janine, don't you? Yeah. And uh, she was like, meditation for you might be slightly different. So it could be, like, and she, she made it exactly like she said, I know you spend loads of time on the toilet, but that's like meditation for you. And like she said like run me through your day and I was like well I stand in the shower and I always plan my day in the shower and she's like well that's it that's your meditation yeah, yeah, yeah. for you it might be brushing your teeth in the morning so mm -hmm. for everyone it can be slightly different how you do it um, and then like for me I know like, on a Sunday I like to take Sunday off and what I do is that every like couple of hours I'll be going through my diary make sure I know exactly what I'm doing that week I'll be planning like goals for different days and what I want to achieve but also like, on a Sunday is a good time to reflect for me and like think about the, the week and the month um, and I do a lot of cleaning on Sunday because I've always been cleaning health to clear my mind for some reason and I know another one of my clients likes to clean and then uh, there's a YouTuber um, from Manchester who I know quite well and he what he says does is like declutter your life so he'll go through your phone he'll fo his phone he gets rid of old apps he doesn't use he'll go through photos clear his phone he'll go through his laptop check his desktop is all like clean mm -hmm. and just things like that will really help him reset and he does that once a month so you know some people do it once a month some people do it daily mindfulness I think is great to practice every day whether it's just you know telling your partner or someone the first person you see that day what are you grateful for? What are they grateful for? And, you know, it could be their company. It could be something as simple as a coffee, things we take for granted, uh, a roof over our head, the food, the warm, warmth um, <clears throat> of the houses we live in. So, you know, there's lots of things that we could do for mindfulness. Um, and like Nat said, she usually goes walking, but sometimes I can jumble it up. She mm -hmm. used to go running. She comes to the gym. So find ways that work for you. I know LJ bakes and sings yeah. at the same time. <laughs> Um, some everyone has something different that they do. So, like, Gam, what would you do for like if you needed to clear your head? I usually go out for a walk. Though. Yeah, is there someone that you go with? Is it a couple of people that you like might go yeah. with for a walk? So it, it varies from time to time. Because yeah, so we were saying just before podcast, this week has been incredibly stressful for me just for yeah. work. So I went out on a walk with my mum, completely vented to her for like an hour while we were walking, and then I went out for a walk with my cousin and my mates. Yeah. And then we were just laughing about football lords. But it's because you got that off your chest with your mum. Yeah, 100%. I just, I, I think a tip for the listeners is try and find your... Your yeah, thing. your own things. Like I know, I have, each week I have quite a lot of things to do, so I'll try and like on a Sunday it might all be in my head. So just getting it out on paper for me really helps. Like even if it's a spider diagram or where you, everything in your head, just write it all down and then allocate it to certain days for me helps. Like so, yeah. that you were just about to say. I was just taking it back to the injuries though, yeah. talking about the body scan. The reason why I've done the body scan so often is because quite. And I would say all of us will do it. Yeah. Um, you have an injury, but you ignore it all the day because you've got to get on and 100%. do things. The body scan for me is is just recognizing actually that injury is still there. Don't yeah. ignore it. And I know that sounds really silly, but you we've know, talked about this before. Yeah, where like yeah. listen to your body, so you might be programmed something, um, but sometimes you just have to listen to your body. I remember when I was younger, I used to. Um, I got really. I was really ill. Like, I think it was flu or something, but I was quite bad. But I tried to stick into the program for two weeks. And I couldn't get better. I was saying to my coach, he was just like, just have a week off. Like, yeah. what's, a, what's a week? And like, for me, I was like, no, no, I can't. 
but you, you do and you know you get better straight away it helps your body needs that time to go sometimes your body is telling you slow down calm down do this do that do you think like stereotypically coaches don't do that because that so the same thing happened to me mm. like i think the the person i had before you yeah obviously i got ill and they were just basically like train through it and then yeah. i remember i think it was just as you became a coach yeah started that that job it was like, a, it's weird Stressful. starting a new job. Yeah. And then you were just like, just take a week off. Yeah. Adjust to the job and then come back to training. 100%. Like, I always, a big believer in don't do something you're not enjoying. So if, if training's tough that week because it's maybe four, fifth, six or lower on your priorities, yeah. you know, either take that week off, refocus, get whatever you need done sorted and then come back. I do think, I'm just going to trick that, I do think it's a generational thing though. Yeah. And the fact that it's developed rest is developed as part of training because yeah. I remember as, as a as a kid going right up to him to my 20s when when even when I was doing Harriers mm. you know the amount of times we do a little bit of warm-up but then I was straight in at 100 meters the amount of times I yeah. pull my quad yeah. the amount of times my instep because that's my setting off my push yeah, off yeah. I used to do a lot of long jump as well and I'd pulled like my instep yeah. with my Achilles and everything the amount of injuries I had then but you know what Turned up for the next session, and you're ready to get, and you're ready. And you, you never did the, it. you never did the repair. Rehab recovery just not really as prevalent. Yeah, yeah. I think America is like the leading light in and anything like this. They're always the leading light, and stuff like pre and post biotics. Um, <clears throat> you know, like prebiotics for me, I I started doing it every day just since I listened to a podcast a couple of years ago, um, and they're just really important. And just like certain protocols you can put in. Uh, in place like I know people don't like talk about it but something called BPC 157 is like a peptide um, and it's really really helpful for like any like higher level athlete who are training consistently every day to try and help avoid that injury so one thing I always think about for injuries if people are getting injuries are you sleeping well are you recovering well are you taking your supplements like your fish oils your multivits are you checking your blood work are you checking things like your vitamins are you checking where your food intolerance is up to you know everyone you know is quick to go, all right, I got injured because of this, but are you sleeping well? Are you eating well? Are you, you know, are you training adequately? Are you training properly? Like people say to me, why do the powerlifters only train three times a week? Well, it's the amount of cumulative volume they're getting in those six hours is a lot. And I manage their volume over cumulatively over like a week or a month. And I want to make sure that they're not overtraining. That's the biggest thing for me. I think I think most people, because I think me, me and you have, have this mm. conversation. So... Small story, my, my cousin Shaker, a lot older than me, so he's 37 now. And we were talking about my training over the last couple of years, how for him, he used to go into the gym all the time and beast himself every mm. time. Whereas we, obviously, you changed that approach for me where it wasn't, 100%. we weren't beasting ourselves all the time. But the biggest thing, and I, I know you do it with the powerlifters, is that you always say to them, you want to be doing this for 10 plus years. Yeah. You don't want to be doing it for just one or two years. And I think now he's grasping that concept where you don't have to beast yourself all the time because the cumulative volume is just so big. Yeah, I mean, I like HIIT training. I enjoy it sometimes. Like, I've got a HIIT session today myself with Sandbags and Chris. Um, but for me, Listen, HIIT training, you've got to <laughs> mitigating injury. So with your HIIT training, there's a higher higher chance that you're going to get injured because you mm, you know you're yeah. working under fatigue and anytime you work under fatigue it's like if you had no sleep you're more likely to get injured you know so for me you you understand right if i do one hit session a week that's how much you know the risk is going to be a little bit higher than if i did say no hit session or one hit session every two weeks so you just got to understand where you're at 
And if, if every single training session you're trying to hit, like go hit, but you come in the next session and you say your hip flexors are a little bit tight, but you've got squats or deadlifts or something like that. And then it ends up as being a compound effect yeah, where you're yeah. going to make it 10 times worse uh, instead of letting your body recover adequately. And I always say to like the powerlifters, like we want to be fast and technically accurate. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's a way of training. And sometimes like Fraser might go, Oh, my back's a bit sore today. I'd be like, well, if it's sore while you're exercising, then we're not doing it. You know, it's as simple as that for me. If you're training and it's sore consistently, then you you know you should just stop doing that movement. Step back, think about what why it's hurting, what's happening, understand the movement. That's why I get them to video a lot of the stuff as well because we can see where the technique might be breaking down or they've got a, a lagging muscle area or a lagging muscle part or body part and we just need to work on it. And, you know, sometimes it can be a four to six weeks. Like LJ, we're managing a back injury at the moment that she's got. Um, and she's really struggling to get a scan on it. But I say to LJ all the time, like, if it's so why you're deadlifting, we're not doing deadlifts. So mm-hmm. for me, you've got to manage it well. And science has developed so much more now, so we know so much more. So I can't imagine in 10 years how much we're going to know and like how much. I think in 10 years' time, people will be able to manage injuries a lot better. Like, I don't, has anyone been to Carrington to use the machine that they go into? I've heard about it. But it's like a bod pod. Um, if anyone's been to the one at Preston that does your body fat, but you go to Carrington and you go in a machine and it'll tell you what percentage of fatigue your muscles are into. So it was really good when I was at UCLan and we went and used it. And there's only two of them in the world. One here and one in Dubai at the moment. Is it so? That's like a more of like a high tech Dexa scan in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very, very high tech. Um, and like that's how they use it to grade injuries. I think there's one at St George's now, actually, the football ground. Oh yeah, uh, the training center. Sorry, and it's really, really good. So like, so a footballer might come in and he might say, "Oh, your calf's at seventy eight percent. You know, that's a high risk." And they do it on like a red, amber, and green. So if they're green, they can go. If they're orange and it's important game will still play but if it's red it won't let them train or anything like that and i think that's really good uh, and some of the other like protocols that we 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 want to put into place later down the line like we're hoping to open up another gym is uh, having like a hands-on physio just kind of helping people go through full range of motion people think physio a lot of the time is like pushing pressure points or kind of like deep tissue massage we don't want that before we train but what we want to do is kind of like full range of motion, get everything moving, uh, anything that kind of like needs a little bit of work, we can assess it. So it's a little bit like Nat's body scan. We can kind of assess it as a human and then go, right, yeah, you need to kind of warm up or help with some stabilizers at this today. You know, that that's looking a bit fatigued. Your glutes are not activating very well. Let's make sure we're getting fire and ready for the training session. Um, and one thing weightlifters do that really annoys me is they can't get into full range of motion sometimes unless they've done an hour of foam rolling. If, if you have to do an hour of foam rolling, to get into certain, like the snatch position at the bottom, then you know there's something wrong with your technically, or there's something wrong with your mobility in general. You need to be working a lot more on fixing those problems rather than just masking them every day. Um, and you know I've been guilty of masking problems before with KT tape or DP or like when I was a cricketer, cortisol <laughs> injections. And Nat, are you? Uh... Nat loves a bit of DP. I'm drinking in the she, corner. She, she basically drinks it. Like yeah. Nat's, if anyone said, what does Nat smell like? It'd be DP. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm an odor deep heat too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think one thing I have, you know, even from training now in the gym here to where I had previously is mobility. Yeah. Um, and, you know, De- Dex had a go at me a few times to say, you're not coming to mobility now. You've got to do more mobility. Mm-hmm. And I think that is because I've never done it before. It's never been part of my training. I've ne- It's never been introduced to me previously. Yeah. And yet here, they're really hit, you yeah, know, yeah. big on it. And, and it is, and it's wonderful. And I know for my sister-in-law, Wendy, who comes, obviously, Wendy, she um, 
she first started coming and couldn't get into a squat, but she's at every mobility yeah. as much as she can. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, you know, we were locked sort of down. Do you know what I mean? And she was at every single session and she said to me, you need to be at mobility with me now. I can't believe I'm telling you now. It used to always be the other way around. You know, get into the gym. Um, and she's telling me, get to mobility. She says herself how much it's worked yeah. for her. And that is one of my biggest, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think because I've trained for many years, whether it be doing rounders, harriers, or whatever it is, or coming into the gym and doing different training in the gym, um, I've just gone at it and hit, you know, gone at it. I've never been introduced to things like mobility and rest. It's like, what are they? No, it's funny now that all the gyms are like bringing in bands and stuff like that, where we've been using them for like 11 years now. And it's really funny that like people are like, oh yeah, this new exercise or this new thing with bands for mobility. I'm like, no, that's been around forever that. People just yeah. used to use a tyre. Uh, inner tube but for me like the first book that i gave g uh yesterday i don't know if you saw it now what no she it? did mention me no she no she only mentioned that you'd give it it's one I becoming a it. supple leopard um which oh, i always no, say to everyone and no one ever gets that re <laughs> uh, reference but it's basically a book um and it's all a, it's literally a massive book one of the best books you can get so if you're a personal trainer or someone who just wants to read a little bit more about mobility becoming a supple leopard i think he's on his third edition but i give g a first edition one and it, honestly it is very very good but and that shows like she's starting her journey as a personal trainer and that's the first book I give her. But we're very lucky to have Tom here um, where he obviously runs a lot of our mobility stuff. But when we do mobility, we don't just do it as mobility. We, we also try and get the stabilizers going as well. So we should call it mobility and stability. Uh, but for instance, like with Wendy and Michelle, like they both really struggle to access their full range of motion. But where someone like Victoria or Nick uh, like Nikki has got exceptional mobility hasn't mm -hmm. she so with her we're trying to help her to maintain tension mm -hmm. in say her full range of motion because a lot of the time um, you can be over flexible oh. so it's really funny how like, everyone's slightly different but with mobility you can kind of help them gain that stability so with Nikki we're trying to get her squat not as deep and it's the same with G as well where she'll bounce out of the hole and use that stretch reflex but we just need to help her build that tension and maintain the tension and we always offer mobility for free so if anyone does want any help every single mobility class is free i'd recommend it because yeah it it's almost like because i remember when you you talked to me about it the first time mm. and i think you think you did the mobility workshop and then yeah. we realized that one of my hips is like tighter than the other yeah which, oh we did an assessment didn't yeah we? so we're doing mobility assessments yeah and i, I it, the thing is i've always known it because i could so the certain submissions in jiu-jitsu i can only do from one side yeah my legs and not the other it's weird but it's making that kind of mind to mind to actually theory connection yeah. yeah and obviously like that mind muscle connection <laughs> is important sometimes where it's as simple as you know trying to activate it or trying to reach that full range of motion like we've using intent and then you access yeah. it and then your body knows how to access it. I think I was always naive though in the fact I used to get confused from mobility and flexibility. Yeah. And they're very different because because I can I'm quite flexible and my mobility is pretty naff if I'm yeah. honest, but my yeah. flexibility is really good. You know, we joked about it a few months ago that I can still almost still do splits and we're using the bands in here and I can still yeah, I can still I can still do all that. I have got the flexibility in a lot of things, yeah. but my mobility is so different and I think in my head because I didn't know enough about it or I wasn't educated to that. It was like, well, if I can still do all that, I'll be fine doing all this. You know what I mean? It doesn't, they don't work the same. No. And that, that's, different. I think yoga and Pilates are fantastic. But with yoga, my, my biggest problem um, when I used to go is like, they may teach you how to get into certain position, which again is flexibility, mm -hmm. but it, 
it's how much load can you put through that position. So if you're at the bottom of a squat, but you're not very strong at holding your own body weight at that squat, why are we putting a barbell on your back? So for us, mm -hmm. when anyone comes into the gym, it's always about mobility and making sure that they can move effectively. Because ultimately we're training to be optimized our human health and optimize us as humans to perform better, be stronger, fitter, faster, healthier. Um, and I think for us, it's, it shows how much we value it by having mobility, having mobility on our calendar permanently every single day. I have a business coach and he's like, oh, Deck, how much money do you make from mobility? I'm like, we don't. We, we basically give it away for free. Uh, if it's everyone in the gym who's a member can use it for free. And he's like, well, let's get rid of it. And we can add like another group training class or another barbell class. I'm like, no, it's so important to us that we do this. I think it keeps everyone healthy um, and it helps keep everyone healthy. And we ha we're actually increasing how many classes we're doing of it just because it's so popular. Uh, like last year, it was our most popular class because people, we're coming and realizing the benefits of it yeah. um guys we're going to wrap up the podcast so if you could give three tips on either injury recovery injury prevention or mindfulness yeah oh, damn it um analyze yourself first okay in what way how would you analyze yourself like a mobility analyzing are we looking at um, um, mindfulness are we looking at injuries what are we looking at i think i think you've got to do kind of both mindfulness and yourself okay because we Depending on what sport you do, you're always going to pick up injuries. Yeah, you, you're never going to get away from it. And that's a good point to make. Understand that you, you know, you are at risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing would be actually seeking advice from someone. Yeah. Because I think that's like I would have not known half the stuff about mobility if I weren't coming here. Yeah. And talking to you like about it a lot. Even now, we're still like we can always develop that knowledge. Yeah. Um, third thing, listen to your body. Yeah, time. that's massive. That's huge. I think a lot yeah. of people need to do that. Like they come into the gym sometimes, like, oh, my body's all beaten, and I'm like, go eat more food, recover, sleep a little bit more, come back tomorrow and see how you feel. Can I give a, a bit of an example of that? So yeah. last year when uh, I had that groin problem, yeah. so basically I'd I'd done a, quite a few squats in one week, yeah. and then the muscle lining of my groin was like coming away almost. Yeah. They did a scan on it, and I was getting my leg was going numb. But then the actual um, doctor said, oh, don't train for how long? Yeah. I pretty much did half of that. And then I thought, I can, I've got full range of motion. I'm fine. Yeah. Went back to squatting. Like, it was fine. Yeah. But that was me <clears throat> listening to my body. But also, yeah. like... It, that's through years of experience now. It is. You always, usually, the way it happens is you'll get injured, you'll not listen to your body, you'll get injured again by not listening to your body, and then usually about the third or fourth injury, you're like, actually, I need to do you something about this. And then you start incorporating a little bit more warm-ups, you start incorporating a little bit more sleep or food, etc., etc. Uh, Nat, what would you say tip-wise? Um, well, I think I used them all. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think, no, 100%, I think you've got to listen to your body. I think previously, I, I am guilty of that i've know that there's an injury there and i've just fought on through it and i think more so now it's more listen to my body if it's telling me to stop um to stop or to modify i think that's a, the biggest thing i think to, is to modify um don't give up on the area and weaken it and not and not keep that strength up modify yeah. it keep it working keep the blood flowing to it so i think that's a, a big like a big one for me i think you know in the past i've heard people say stop GP say stop yeah, and I don't I, I, I don't think that's that's the best way I think maybe just modify your exercise again there's lots of things I love to come in the gym change 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 the way you're training do a yeah. bit of upper body while your back's sore do yeah, the upper 100%. body keep, keep training just do other areas um, 
again, mindfulness, be, be mindful, be mindful of everybody, listen to it. I think you've actually, like, for Nat, people think, obviously it sounds easy just to be mindful, but for Nat, she's actually had to keep telling herself to do it because it's something that she struggles with and for everyone will find different areas harder than others yeah yeah and i think for me i've always been programmed just to power through and keep going so i think you know now i'm in my <coughs> whatever decade you know it's um i think it's more now more now i hear people saying about resting and yeah, things like yeah. that that were never about previously yeah um and that's one of the other tips rest when you need to rest good i think that's so important i think for me um it's understand the long long um or like the bigger picture understand the long-term goal of where you want to be so like if you do want to be training in 20 30 years understand that one week off two week off isn't going to be a big deal but also like putting principles putting foundations and protocols in place so that you can train for the next 20 30 years and also understand that your body and what you're going to do and to start that, you could just start with something like, so it leads on to my second tip of videoing yourself because you might not know you're doing it. You might consciously not be doing something. It might be a slight hip shift when you're deadlifting. It might be a slight shoulder instability when you're benching. It could be anything. So, you know, and my third point would always be seek professional advice. You know, whether that be, mm. we're always open. If someone sends us a video, we will always watch it and give you good advice. You know, and it might even be a point of, we're not sure on the video, but please come in and we'll, we'll have a look yeah. and give you a consultation on like how to move a little bit better. I think one one last tip, educate yourself. Yeah, that's a yeah. I think that's one, another guys. one, yeah. I think I have done enough education on myself and have relied on other people to tell me or whatever, which is right, yeah. you know, but you pay your PT, to, to train you, educate yourself yeah. as well. I think asking questions. Yeah, like ask asking why. Yeah, why are you yeah, doing something? Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Deck my hips or what can I do? Yeah, educate De yourself yeah. and ask the questions, yeah. read up on it. But I think that's the biggest oh. one, yeah. And that's good because she isn't shy, so she'll be like, Deck, I need something for this, or I don't feel like I'm engaging this. So she'll be really good where she'll be like, How can I do this? How can I do that? So because she's educated herself, she knows how to ask the question as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, guys, thank you very much. I think that's a fantastic podcast, and I think people will take a lot away from it. Yeah. So, thank you very much, Nat. You're Cheers, welcome. Gan. Thank Have you. a fantastic day. And uh, if anyone wants any help with mobility, stability, or mindfulness, please get in touch with us, guys.